Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's groundbreaking book, In This Together, landed on bookstore shelves with a powerful message. When we work together, we can do absolutely anything. Guidance from 40 women leaders with specific strategies to help women advance their careers makes In This Together even more relevant today, especially with the pandemic's impact on women in the workforce. Take your career to the next level with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's In This Together, now available on audiobook. Download your copy today. Real leaders. Who are they? Where are they hiding? And why does the world need more? Hello, folks. My name is Kevin Edwards with Real Leaders Media, and we are on a mission to find the realest of the real leaders. Because in today's day and age, the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest opportunities that need the best leaders. So in this podcast, you'll get to hear from these people. So sit back, relax, and learn from the different leaders who are making a difference in the world. Is, is What is your definition of a real leader? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think there's two things about a real leader. One is a real leader is dedicated to making things better for others. Is a leader is able to, to change trajectory in a positive way and grow followers. A good leader is a trailblazer that opens new possibilities. Follow your heart, trust your gut. Um, and don't be afraid to fail because, you know, failures make you smarter. And um, just keep building, just keep growing, just keep learning. So to all my listeners out there, the conversation to bring the best leaders to the world's biggest problems starts here. The conversation starts here with Eric Anderson. And Eric, uh, I gotta say, he's, he's a very enthusiastic and, and humble leader who sits on and controls more boards than Dennis Rodman, the 96 Bulls. I mean, this guy's track record is composed of the founder of his own West River Group, who is well-known for their purposeful investments, including Topgolf, which is where Eric is now the executive chairman of Topgolf, as well as Singularity University, which is how we were able to get the interview with him in the first place at the their annual G Summit in uh, Silicon Valley. And so for this podcast, uh, Eric and I kind of talk about the importance of teamwork. And I had the ability to ask him about uh, his, his motivation, his, his values, and um, the importance of lifelong learning. We also dive into what makes a company purposeful, as well as his advice to young professionals, and as always, his definition of a real leader. So folks, without further ado, the real Eric Anderson. I want to get a kind of briefing on you. I've, I've read your bio, kind of learned a little bit about you. You did a good job lying there, didn't you? I sound really interesting. Yeah, you sound so interesting. I don't know what I'm thinking now, golf. but, you know. I, I, I know golf and chess <laughs> and music yeah. and wine. And, yeah. yeah. But that's not all, Eric. What else are you a part of? Well, it's great to be here, so thank you. Uh, well, I founded a company called the West River Group, and we focus on uh, integrated capital solutions for the global innovation economy. That's how we came to be here with Singularity. I've also worked extensively for the last 15 years building a company called Top Golf, 
which is a really cool company. It's a purpose-driven company connecting, pe connecting people in meaningful ways uh, and building a global sports entertainment community, uh, you know, obviously around golf and some technology. So those uh, things have been, you know, re are really what I'm doing these days. And how's the golf game looking? You know, I'm like the guy who uh, makes shoes. I don't have as many. Um, but I, I can hit a golf ball. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm, someone said the other day, Eric, you're doing a great job growing the game. Uh, why don't you let, you know, Jordan and those guys play the game? So that's, uh, maybe, I don't know what they mean by that. That means maybe I'm good at picking music but shouldn't dance. Well, I've seen Charles Barkley swing a club in person. I'm a little better. I, I, I got I Charles. Hope, yeah, yeah. I'm way over Charles. I hope so. Charles, yeah. if you're listening, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I love you. Um, so um, singularity, though. That's why I'm here. Sure. That's why I'm able to talk to you right now is, um, and, and it's really cool what I'm seeing and the people that I get to talk to. And it's your fault that my mind is all over the place right now. Yeah, you're all messed up. Because, yeah, I don't know which way is up. I don't know if the, the north and south are even a thing anymore. I don't even know if I'm a, a real person. Um, so you got into the consciousness discussion yeah, with somebody? Yeah, am I a robot right now? Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I in a brain in a vat? I'm really not sure. Some alternate universe. Exactly. <laughs> so what... What led you to be a part of Singularity? I mean, you're with this West River Group mm -hmm. and Top Golf and Singularity. Sure. So why the, Singularity? So they're all they're all connected back at, at, at the start with West River Group. So we were focused on the global innovation economy, mm -hmm. and when we invested in Top Golf, it had some innovation, and then we just liked it so much we just built it forever, mm -hmm. and so it became an operating company. And I became an operating executive of that company. But the goal for my partners and myself was to really be what we would call in uh, financial terms long the global innovation economy. So we built some great relationships, Silicon Valley Bank, Founder Circle, a lot of great companies. And we also became aware of Singularity University. Mm. And what we decided when we decided to really invest even more in Singularity recently, we led the Series A and Larry, Series B rounds, was first, um, it would make us relevant in the global innovation economy. Okay. Because just as capital, that's one thing. But here we're really embedded in supporting, you know, an entire ecosystem around the world. So that we, so while we thought it would also make good returns and we're excited about that, we really felt that it was our way of really getting longer the global innovation economy and being relevant in the conversation, not just as capital, but really having resources and leadership responsibilities to work, you know, with other great companies and this great team and this great community, you know, to, you know, bring some really good things to the world. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're talking about purpose-driven companies, mm -hmm. uh, you just said Top Golf. It's a purpose-driven company. You know, yes. we're bringing people together. We're talking about stuff. I guess when I think of purpose-driven company, I think of more of the conscious capitalism approach. These sustainable companies, people that are. Um, doing well by doing good, but that also fits into that category as well. How do you defer those two, uh, whereas a sustainable company and a, a purpose-driven company? Well, I think I think sustainability should be just built into the probably ecosystem and the design of every company. Mm. You know, we should be thoughtful about that. Uh, so you could have a company whose purpose would would be to bring sustainability to every company in the world. That would be different than being sustainable. Right. That would be your purpose. Where so our purpose, so we have a lot of uh, sustainability built into Top Golf, and we can always do more. But we're working on that. But our purpose is to connect people, you know, in meaningful ways. 
we hope to do that with, you know, in a sustainable way, whether it's how we design, how much energy we use, materials, et cetera. So I, that's how I think about it. So one is integrated into the fabric of how you do what you do, and the other is, you know, why you're there. Definitely. And uh, speaking with a lot of these really extraordinary people today, um, and Singularity is all about exponential, and we're at the, the elbow of that <laughs> curve right now. Yeah, we sure are. And we're getting there. And, uh, and I'm just going to relate this back to Top Golf because Top Golf, w- when you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to make golf bowling, basically, uh, they think that's crazy. You know, people, there's already a driving range. Why would people want to go hang out? And unless you're a golfer, you know, no one's going to want to do that. But did you see something different? And what was your role and involvement with Top Golf? Well, I'm really smart, so I'm sure I saw something different. <laughs> Uh, of course, you know, it's like all these things. I, I think at the beginning, I saw a pretty simple investment thesis that okay. people liked it and we could, you know, we could make sort of a modern sports bar or something. So there was a simple thesis. But as, and as we got more engaged in it and Facebook and social media and all these things started to come, because that didn't exist when Topgolf started, and all of our people grew up on digital games, we realized that we were there was a community coming together. So that was the first insight that was a little okay. different along the way. Right. That you know we we digitized the game, we'd made the game accessible. Um, the other thing we learned about golf is that a lot of people wanted to play golf. It was just hard and long and expensive. So when we made it possible for people mm-hmm. to come in, not not be afraid, hit a ball, you know, not have to go chase it if it didn't go the right place. We just gave you another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have to wait to the 19th hole to have your first drink. You could have it before you hit off, teed off, right? I mean, golf would be fantastic if it was on the first tee. It's like, yeah, here's your margarita. Please drink this before you proceed. Yeah, exactly. More people would play golf, not for long, you know. Right. But, oh, yeah. but but you get there, and then and then we we really started to make it so it was generated by the user. We're basically giving you a platform to play. Uh, with your friends, girlfriends, families, business associates. So you know, it wasn't linear, it was parallel. So those ideas really brought home what, what people were looking for in the most thing about golf. Tell about a shot, have a story, tell about a golf shot, you know, have a story, play with friends, and you know, be able to share that. When, and I knew right away we were, we were in good shape one day when um, Drew Brees uh, sent me a score, Snapchat, of his... You know, top golf score that go. he because he had a higher score than I did, and I was like, you know, if I have somebody taking a, you know, right. an Instagram picture or anything on of my screen and sending it to me, like, yeah. okay, we're winning. Definitely. But the purpose came in a little later because we're trying to survive when we realized that our associates and the people there really were connecting, and in meaning in like meaningful ways. So whether it was. We had young kids coming back after maybe some cancer treatments, and mm-hmm. that made they felt good being there. Right. Okay. We had people coming back. We had birthday parties. So we could generalize that somehow by creating this platform, this safe place with an engaged staff, with good drinks and food, that we were becoming a place where people wanted to go. And so we identified that we were connecting people in meaningful ways, and then we were creating moments that matter. So all that, all that sort of came together. But over, you know, over a period of time. Definitely. Wow, that's, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, I, what, what I'm picking up is when I ask you, what was your direct involvement in Topgolf? Every single answer that you just gave me back was, well, we did this. And 
we felt that this was a good idea and we, we went like this and we saw this and now we are able to see the benefits of Top Golf. Uh, that right there is, is something that I just picked up on and I think it's important for our listeners to really understand um, how someone like you who is involved in all these different types of boards uses their leadership to achieve a common goal. Uh, what would you tell our listeners is the most important aspect of teamwork? Well, thank you for identifying we as being uh, important. Um, so this purpose or having a big idea is really valuable. Uh, so, it, you know, our first purpose at Topgolf wasn't the purpose I described, but we were fun and creating this environment, and then we found the purpose. So. And realizing that will take some time to find, I just don't think it's like oftentimes the first day. But you're lucky if it's the first day, because then people, you know, have that north star. Uh, the other element that we think about is creating a safe, creative environment. Um, we, I talk about it. My term and the model we use is something called model thinking, mm-hmm. uh, and which is a common long-term framework to make decisions and pursue the mission and the goals. Okay. So you know, we create a pretty concrete framework. Uh, and then people are able to lead, you know, inside that framework. But being safe, understanding that, you know, there's volatility. So, so if something goes off plan, it could just be volatility. It could be that, you know, you made a mistake, uh, which is okay. doesn't mean the whole world has come to an end. So creating a language of understanding and volatility um, allows leaders and people in general to communicate and learn quickly. So mm-hmm. I think it's purpose and then creating a very fast okay. cycle time for learning. Gotcha. Now let's transition more to your career. I'm going to talk about me now. No, yeah. That. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, can you give me like a brief timeline? Uh, you know, where are you from? Where did you go to college mm-hmm. if you did? And then um, kind of the points of how you well, got to where you are today. Sure. So I'm from Spokane, Washington, north, oh, of, Spokane, really? north of Spokane, Colbert, little town. Uh, I uh, went to Claremont at Stanford. I graduated Stanford 1981. And um, I worked for a small Dutch company, and then I went back to New York. My wife was headed back to Harvard Business School. Mm. Um, and so we said, Not too well, bad. yeah, no, we, should, we should be able to live in New York City. And I really then started thinking about brands and things to work with. So I did some time with Booz Allen and Goldman Sachs, Mm. um, which were really, you know, formative, like educational and professional experiences. And those have good brands. So kind of a little, you know, co-locating with brands. Maybe I was the first co-locator with brands. It's like, wow, I got Stanford, Booz Allen, Goldman Sachs. You know, even though I'm not good looking, I'm really smart, right? (laughs) Like Zoolander, really, really good looking. And so then... I really made a, made a value decision at that point to move back to the Northwest. Um, so I collected business experience, and I made a value decision to be close back to the Northwest, close to my family. I, did, you know, I didn't want my, my mom or dad to die and me be in France doing some deal for Goldman Sachs. Now, the thing, they were like 70 at the time, I'm, or my 65, my mom lived to 99. So I used to tell them, hey, if I want to stay a couple more years, it's a pretty good gig you know, working <laughs> at Goldman um, but I made a yes. values decision at that point in time, sure. and then I started to build on those brands, platforms, and thinking, and built some, you know, built some companies and had some experience built, working with family businesses, starting um, a life science fund, Fraser and Company, with Alan Fraser, which is successful, and then starting, you know, kind of, you know, my own business. 
um, the West River Capital, um, now the West River West River Group. So that was sort of th those were the elements um, as you know as I went through this. So big brands, and then you know kind of a values decision to to be you know with my close to my family, and then making the decision really to build you know, build business and, and build my commercial future from there. Definitely. And you're speaking about values. Is there something behind that that motivates you to do what you do every single day? Or is it just, this is just how I am? <laughs> well, there's two things. I, we, I'm curious. So I just have a bad habit of, you know, trying to figure stuff out and, and think about things. Um, and businesses are a fun way to be curious. So, if, so I'm very curious. I think that the opportunity to help people, either help people create jobs, I, I do have a sense of stewardship. So I think if you're able to go to Stanford University, I went to Stanford, Claremont Stanford, and you go to those places that you know, over a long period of time, you know, society in general has invested substantial resources for those seats. Mm -hmm. Those seats are really valuable. Never seemed quite right to me that you would use that seat and then retire. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a fan of early retirement. Because I would say as a white male in this society with a Stanford degree, if I couldn't, you know, make a pretty good go of it, that, you, you know, you didn't, yeah. either didn't try hard or you shouldn't have gone there in the first place. Totally. But after that, really being a steward of those ideas and trying to put them forward and being either a thoughtful leader, a thoughtful contributor, and not, you know, not stopping, not ending the race early just because of some personal goals, I think, I think is really important. I also think it's what gives um, society in general a sense of hope. So I'll give you an example. Um, just, you know, by like this thing, just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean it's the right thing. I'm not the first person to say that. But I think when um, I think my consumption of entertainment is more important than, you know, someone's child's education, at its very core level, right, I'm, I'm making, that's a really a hurtful thing especially when I know I can help. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you can't have fun and you can't play golf or you can't do those things in balance, but to actually stop and not be engaged with, you know, all those people, especially when you took the seat. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I took the seat, and I think there's just a real obligation that goes, you know, that goes uh, with that seat. And if you do that, then I, I feel I can look anyone in the eye mm -hmm. um, uh, any family and go, you know, I'm engaged, I'm working every day, I'm creating jobs, I'm trying to listen, I'll help you, then the moral fabric of the country or your community is actually in place because they can't expect me to do everything because right. that's not realistic. Oh, yeah. But if I quit on them, and I view sometimes retirement as quitting on those young people, mm -hmm. they actually have a pretty high moral standing to not to not think very highly of uh, highly of me, which can either mean they're grumpy or they have despair so I prefer hope to despair mm -hmm. and they, I think they also have every right then to tax me mm -hmm. um, just in terms of you know that they're going to feel that as opposed to I'm working and taking those resources and really you know trying to invest back in them so um, I have pretty strong uh, you know a high standard for that thinking which is why I probably I've just turned 60 while I'm probably still Still doing this. Look like a day over forty, man. Yeah, thank you. Great. I'm, I'm buying you a drink later <laughs> at Top Golf. Free passes for life. That's uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love it. So, but, but <laughs> I can't. I really think that, hold you to it. I really think <laughs> that um, as leaders and people with resources, it's 
really important to not, you know, to continue to, um, you know, contribute and to stay engaged. Because whether it's whoever it is and wherever they are in building their lives, um, it, it's actually very important that they feel that, I'll say, people who've either had the good fortune or maybe done some good work, that they feel that I fundamentally am, you know, engaged with, with them and making their lives better and, you know, believe, you know, they're, I like to say everyone's, you know, worthy of, um, you know, my respect and their dignity. So if you don't, if you don't stay engaged, I, I do believe you're making, you know, maybe not making the most positive statement. Definitely. Well, very well said. And I think the most important piece I got out of that was just the obligation to do something. Uh, you're, you're in a position, you have the seat, and why just give it up? Why throw it all away? Uh, so, and I think our listeners really need to hear this kind of stuff. As I'm blown back away, and, and, and I think our listeners would enjoy something like that. But I also think they would enjoy just one piece of advice that you would give them. They're coming out of college right now. They're Eric Anderson coming out <laughs> of uh, Claremont. And, and what is the one piece of advice that you would give your you know, 22-year-old self? Oh, that's a, it's a good it's a good question. I think, you know, I think you should keep investing in yourself, uh, and be very very thoughtful about that. Uh, so I'm gonna give I'll give you a couple of I'll give you a fun story about this. Uh, I was at um, I was a young vice president at Goldman, and uh, a person came to said asked him for advice. And I said, great, why don't you read this book? I think it was Valuation by McKinsey. They were trying to create some things. I said, okay. And the next week, I got this person's expense report. And they'd expensed the book. It's like, okay. <laughs> well, that was odd. But I thought, yeah. but okay, maybe, uh, you know. So they came in. And I said, it's great. I saw you expensed the report, the book. I said, yep. Have you read it? Uh-huh. Well, not yet. I said, so let me get this straight. I, successful person, <laughs> have suggested to you after you asked me what something would help you that you might read this book. You, maybe not so thoughtful person, have decided this is now a business requirement that I placed on you and therefore Goldman Sachs should pay for the book. And not only should we pay for the book, we should actually pay for it before you've even read it. Yeah. And I guess now my next question is, I'm assuming by next Friday that you and I might want to have a thoughtful, fulsome discussion of all of the content in this book, because I have read it, mm-hmm. and am actually maybe pretty well-versed in most of it. So this moral of that story yeah. is clear, right? It's like, you know, think of yourself, invest in that, don't look, at, don't look for the company. You're, if the company pays for it, you're not investing. Right. You're just, you know, you're taking that time. It's a bad way to think. And that person turned out to be really successful and was a really good person. So I'm, if they happen to hear the story, hey, that might have been me. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt that is. But it is. It is that sense of taking responsibility for your own learning. It was great to ask people, and then be willing to invest in yourself, and in a fundamental way, which is like spend, you know, spend your own money, spend your own time, uh, as well. Of course, firms are going to help you, Goldman, any firm you go to. But it is that really, you know, deep commitment. You know, to continued, you know, to continued learning. Yeah, I, I really am just blown back by your take on contributing back and, and giving back and, and using your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, your seat to keep going and to keep prospering, even if people are 
hating on you or <laughs> slamming you or, you know, uh, saying Top Golf sucks. Yeah. Uh, so careful, uh, careful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, with that, we're Reelers Magazine, mm-hmm. and we go out to a network of YPO, twenty-five thousand CEOs, one hundred thirty-five countries. We get to talk to the people that are making cool decisions like yourself that are benefiting the world. What was one thing that you would say to that group? Well, I think what I said earlier is um, mm-hmm. we all have really fantastic seats. And um, while we stay focused on building those companies, and I'm a big fan that I think jobs you know, are still maybe the most valuable thing we create for people for purpose and meanings and support their families. So I think it's yeah. really important. Uh, but, you know, stay in it. You know, I think we have to stay in it for the, you know, for the long haul, you know, to really give a sense of hope to, you know, all those people out there who are looking for jobs or looking for futures. We are the leaders. Those seats do that. And the other thing I found is I, I don't use the word I a lot or I, I try not to. Uh, you know, we sit on, a, you know, on top of a great country. Warren Buffett says it from time to time. You know, if he'd been born in Bangladesh or something, he's probably not the richest person in the world. Who knows? Warren's pretty talented. Yeah. But I just think you have that sense of, you know, humility. I, I really like to move forward with the sense of enthusiasm and humility. No, no one likes to be around somebody who's not enthusiastic, and no one really likes to be around somebody who's not humble. Absolutely. So I think, you know, stay in it, value the seat, and, you know, be enthusiastic and, and remember that, you know, every day it's hard and, and sort of be humble. Humility and enthusiasm, a couple of different traits of leadership. What is your definition of a real leader? This will be the last question I ask you because I know you're, no, you're a busy man. Oh, the real definition of a, of a leader. Well, I, I think the real leaders, um, you know, ultimately bring people together around, around purpose. Okay. Uh, just no way, you know, uh, th- there's just no way around that. You can manage to end products. You can manage results. You can manage to profit. But I think leaders and, you know, I, have, I happen to know some. My mom built, hosp- you know, built a nursing college. I got to know Jeff Brotman and Jim Senegal. You know, they, they had this real purpose of, like, really bringing value to this large group of customers you know, Howard Schultz, you know, doing also, you know, what is Walmart. They find this, you know, this sense of, you know, purpose. Um, people who build hospitals, so it's everywhere. I just think whenever you find, you know, the best leaders, um, they really have, you know, found a meaningful purpose and, and a way to bring people together around that purpose and put those other people. Actually, they put the purpose first. I think of making leaders, I think, make decisions so we could start with purpose, then we could say it's by principle, which are really important. The third level might be preference. It's okay as long as we know, hey, we like A instead mm-hmm. of B. It starts to deteriorate from there pretty quickly, politics and then power. The further you get down into P's, it's, you know, it's like uh, it's not very good. But if you think about you know, purpose and principle, you're, you'll be in good shape. Well, Eric with K. Anderson, appreciate your time. All right, thank you very much. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Teamwork, lifelong obligation, purposeful values, and leadership. Some of the most important career lessons that myself and many others are striving to add to our repertoire. But wasn't he cool? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's people like that who you just want to work for. And a big key to that is humbleness. Every time I'd, I'd blow smoke, he just laughed and 
and just made fun of himself. You know, it's, it's just the little things that really do make a difference. In fact, uh, when he was being escorted out because he had to go to his, his next uh, obligation, he stopped to tell us a quick story about the real Usher Raymond, <laughs> calling him on his uh, personal cell phone to squeeze in 15 more minutes of practice at Top Golf with some of Usher's friends. You know, I guess that's when you know you're cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we just want to thank Eric for his time and, you know, my lifelong free drinks and membership at Top Golf. And we wish him the best with his future endeavors. Folks, if you like this interview and you want to see more leaders, pick up your free magazine today at www.real-leaders.com slash shop. That's www.real-leaders.com slash shop. And click on one of the back issues. I promise, they're still good. They're lifetime and lifelong leadership lessons. And type in free mag, capital F, capital M. And this is going to give you a free magazine. The shipping, however, is not included. But I got to tell you what, there are lifelong leadership examples in there that you can implement into your everyday life. I think we're really trying to bring the best leaders to the world's biggest problems. So if you're a leader out there, pick up your magazine today. And I guess that's, yeah, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Next, we have Barney Swan, the first person to ski to the South Pole, powered only by renewable energy. Barney and his team traversed 1,000 kilometers over 65 days in the freezing cold to reach the South Pole, surviving using NASA-designed solar ice melters, lithium batteries, and biofuel made all from waste. Their incredible journey marked the launch of Climate Force, the Climate Force Challenge, Barney and his team's solution-driven mission to clean up 360, you heard me here, 360 million tons of CO2. That's carbon dioxide, if you didn't know, didn't take chemistry, before the year 2025. So 360 million tons of CO2 before the year 2025. Pretty impressive stuff right there, folks. Barney also was able to send me some video clips and photos of his journey and experience to the South Pole, and they're pretty epic. Uh, if you want to check those out, visit his website. Uh, it's barneyswan.com, and you can navigate from there, as well as check out our social media page at realleaders.shortcuts on Facebook and Instagram. His story, his purpose, all on there on both of those sites. So check it out. And folks, we appreciate you tuning in. It really means a lot. That's why we're giving you all a free magazine. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go out there and just, just keep it real.